0: This episode of Bushwitch Breakaway is brought to you by the New York Firehouse Grill in Peekskill, New York. I know what you're thinking. I'm nowhere near there. But hey, if you are in the Westchester area, specifically Peekskill, New York in the future, you have to go to the New York Firehouse Grill. Here's some reasons. Listen, for Ranger games, they do in-game audio. They do gold lights. They have great food. So if anyone's looking for a great place in Westchester to watch the Ranger games with fellow fans and eat really great stuff together, scream and, and listen to Sam Rosen all night, and why wouldn't you be? You should go to the New York Firehouse Grill in Peekskill, New York. If you want to check him out, it's newyorkfirehousegrill.com. Tell him Ryan sent to you, and the owner is a diehard Ranger fan, and tell him you were listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway and we decided to come down here. I'm sure they will treat you right. All right, let's get this podcast started. Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to a semi placeholder episode of Blue Shirt Breakaway. It was supposed to be episode ninety nine, but uh, Greg, say hello. Uh, oh, hi Ryan. Hey, I'm not Greg Kaplan. No, Catholic? it's me,
1: Disc- Discount Greg. James, Discount Greg is on the podcast. Um, Greg's either. Which somebody ca- somebody called me that on Twitter once, wow, and I thought seriously? it was the, fun- the funniest thing. And then they tweeted after, "I didn't mean that in a mean way." I yo, know, anytime you're discounting anything, it's in a mean
0: way. I don't care what it says um listen Rocky's here let me explain what's happening with Greg first though uh I think he's either really sick or he's in a deep sleep coma uh, I cannot get in touch with him so I'm hoping he's okay uh in in place I've called discount Greg to do a placeholder episode for right now talk a little bit of Rangers don't want to miss a Tuesday morning episode and we'll have uh we'll have Greg and I record a full-length blue shirts breakaway at some point in the next I don't know two three days so look, I out. prefer
1: I prefer opposite Kaplan to discount Greg. If this is going to stick, I'm oh, just going to say okay. that. Okay,
0: opposite Kaplan, we'll go with we'll we go, go with. So opposite Kaplan, James Clark, prospect expert on the pod with me, Ryan Mead, your host. Uh, listen, Rangers
1: hockey is here. Last time we talked, it was a season preview. You were on last episode as opposite oh. Greg. We are three games deep, ladies and gentlemen, and, are, and ladies and not gentlemen, whatever you prefer. It's 2017. 2017,
0: sex, sex positive podcast. We've sex, talked about sex that before. Podcast. Uh, listen, it's been a rocky start, I think, to say the least. I was expecting a little bit more out of this team, uh, the Avalanche, who are already right, your second team, as we've we've mentioned before.
1: Are... Yeah, that's that's noted. Can I just say that Varlamov is still a really good goalie, and it kind of pissed me off that people were calling him second tier because he kind of carried the Avs to a playoff spot and like some decent seasons. And when he died last year, they completely shit the bed. Uh... Like they would have, they would have had it easily. Five to ten more wins with a healthy Varlamov.
0: I I did not – as you know, I'm still learning the rest of the league as I slowly host this Rangers podcast.
1: Uh, I know Varlamov finished second and third in Vezna voting, and he used to be the goalie for the Capitals. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a pretty solid goalie. He's better than Trash Tier, as people on Reddit were calling him. Uh, Varlamov has done that, like, so many times. You can go through his stats, and it'd be like 50 saves against the Capitals. Avalanche win 4-1. Like – I, I, I'm not that upset about that game. They should have beat the Avalanche. The Avalanche are trash. But, uh, you know, sometimes you run into Varlamov and he's pissed. He was and pissed. It's
0: uh, He played out of his mind. Henrik looked. He looked bad in that first game. Yeah. That's he fair did. to say. he looked rusty. I think he, he looked the much too. You know, it's not he just
1: didn't lo- he, he didn't play in the preseason though. Do you remember seeing him in the preseason like ever? No. He played like half a period and he's like, I'm too old for this shit. He was like Michael Strain. He's like, I'm not doing training camp this year.
0: I'm gonna try because... and save a lot of my takes that I have for the
1: real show this week, I guess, whenever uh, Greg's <laughs> alive. But Well, by the time that happens, there'll be like three more games that have happened. So. That's what
0: I'm saying. I think we're gonna record after t- Tuesday night's game. I think if we record tomorrow night during the game, like that's silly. We might as well just wait. Until Wednesday night, I guess. So we'll, we'll figure something out with Craig. But uh, Henrik finally returned to form against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, did, did he return to form or the Montreal Canadiens just that bad?
1: Both. Both is true. The Habs have scoring trouble. Uh, it turns out that letting Alexander Radulov walk is kind of dumb.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> hot, hot take there, guys. Radulov good at hockey. They probably should have signed up. To be fair, uh, they did get Drouin, uh, who has not you know, really done much so far. Uh, Drouin's looked Good. I'm not going to blame him for not having like, you know. I mean, let's just say he's no meek as a ad. Oh, uh, I just want to say that he's no meek as a
0: Hold uh, on, <laughs> I, I just got a text from Gregory himself.
1: Rip placeholder episode. Nobody will ever hear this. Nope,
0: no, nope, We're gonna we're gonna add him in right now. <laughs> let I'm gonna say, let me know. <laughs> let me know when. Do you tomorrow. want me to go?
1: So you and, no you stay right okay. here. Stay oh, okay. right here.
0: Don't leave. This will be the intro to the podcast. Pretty excited about this. Uh, and then we'll, we'll do the whole, we'll do the whole thing over with Greg. Uh, and then we could we could have you sign off in the, in the middle of it. I'm sure he'll sign on very groggy. Uh, this, <laughs> will, is, will great. A, this a, is great. The classic episode. This a, is, yeah, this,
1: this will be a classic.
0: Already a classic. So Greg, Greg said, uh, I'm here, I'm here, I warned you about this. So he did warn <laughs> me. I'm glad Greg's alive. Uh, you should title that, you should title this the one where Greg calls it. The one where, uh, the, our, our guest, Greg Kaplan. All right, let's keep chat Rangers till Greg comes on. I, I like to fill airspace anyway. So uh, yeah, no,
1: we're talking about uh, Radulov, right? And Ann? Y- yeah, I mean, like the Habs are a bad team, probably, but uh, and they had two goals called back, and I think one it was pretty fair to call back. Uh, the other one, I don't know. Like they were offside, but I don't know that the Rangers bench would have called it because now you get a stupid penalty if you screw up on that play. And uh. They looked the, – the, the Leafs game was the weird one because, like, everybody – I saw the notifications, but I was at work, and then I was in your Puerto Rico stream, so I didn't watch any of it. We're gonna talk and about, then I watched – We're going to talk about that. Uh, but uh, I, I went back and rewatched it, and I was like, how did you let Mark Stahl score on you? Wait, how did, how did Mark Stahl score in a game and they lost 8-5? Like, what weird shit show of a game was this? And Mark Stahl didn't
0: just score in a
1: game. He scored and had an assist – like, <laughs> he looked good. He looked like he looked like a competent puck-moving defenseman for 12 minutes. It was kind of impressive.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because I think Mark Stahl can be a competent defenseman for 12 minutes. It's the rest of the time. <laughs> it's I'm worried it's, it's the
1: other nine minutes they leave him on the ice.
0: Yes, and I, I will say I have an article coming out about Mark Stahl on our brand-new website. Wow, look at this plug. BlueShirtsBreakaway.com, where we have, <laughs> where we have many different Yo, writers. 12 minutes of Mark Stahl. Five different writers right now, including you and me. Uh, my first article coming out, a very nonsensical article about Mark Stahl and movies I'd rather watch than watch him play defense.
1: And, Can I uh, just say how hilarious it is that I wrote this heartfelt article about Dominic Moore and he scored the first yeah, fucking
0: goal in the game? I was like, you wrote this beautiful article about Dom Moore, and I was like, oh, man, this is really sentimental for James. And then he plays against us and scores right away, and I feel like shit. Like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I was like, I love you so much, but please lose this game.
0: Yeah. Oh, the Leafs look good. They look
1: like a serious contender. Holy shit! Does Patrick Marleau look like a man possessed in every single game he has played in? Their third line is Marleau, Kadri, Komarov. Yeah. Okay. How sure. the how the fuck do you defend against the Maple Leafs? I don't know. It's don't- not. It's not possible. It's like, oh, well, we beat the Matthews line. What's that? Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, and Marner coming over the boards? Well, fuck. <laughs> uh, guess guess we guess we're getting scored on all night. And you know
0: what? Matthews is going to take another step this year, which is also not great for the rest of the league. Uh, when's the last time you were
1: scared of the Leafs, Phil Castle 2012? Uh, no, I wasn't scared of them then. Mm, okay. I, have, I haven't been scared of the Leafs since the season before the lockout. All right. Well,
0: I mean, they're obviously a team to be, uh, to be messed with at this point can, in time. Can we just talk
1: about, like, this is the best time to be a hockey fan? Because there are so many great players at once, and there are so many stories, and, like, the Oilers are good, the Leafs are good. It's, like, a fun time to be a hockey fan.
0: This is uh, going to be a fun season. Now, here's the twist.
1: It might not be a fun season for us. <laughs> uh, there it is. Can we talk about how much it sucks that they had two bad games, kinda? And Mark Stahl was immediately up there in the top pairing with McDonough. We're gonna get into that as soon as the uh, uh, the real the real Greg
0: Kaplan please stands up. And, and, uh, and
1: Brendan Smith has been bad through two games, but Brendan Smith is notorious for like two weeks of shitty play at any given point in the season. That's as fair. So is Henrik Like at the beginning, like uh, yeah, he's... that's that that's fine. Uh, uh, I I've been impressed with. I've been impressed with Kevin Shattenkirk in ways that I didn't think I would be. I agree with that a hundred percent. Because I was like I knew I knew he was good. I'm an Avalanche fan, so I watched him on Colorado and then I watched him get traded to St. Louis for peanuts, kick the shit out of my Western team for years and years and years. You should and clarify D-
0: you're a Ranger fan and a Avalanche fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I love hate, I love to hate myself. Yep. That's that's what it is. So yep. Medicine. Blame Peter Forsberg. I love small Scandinavian forwards. <laughs> just just the way it is. Uh, but, like, he's looked incredible. Like, the things he can do with the puck on his stick, you don't realize until you watch him 20 minutes a night for your team. So, I watched him
0: a little bit in the playoffs for the Capitals, and I wasn't really impressed. Of course, when we signed him, I was like, holy shit, we got this guy who's, like, the quarterback of this team.
1: And I watched hey, a little let's bit get, of highlights. Let's, but- let's, let's get the best – one of the best power play – and puck-moving defenseman, and pair him with the dilapidated corpse of Brooks Orpik. That seems like a great plan. Whoa. Let's play Carl Olsen in 25 <laughs> minutes tonight. Oh, what's that? We almost lost to the Leafs, and oh, we got to play the Penguins, and we're dead. LOL Caps.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what happens, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yep, pretty much.
0: That's the story of the Capitals. It's the Caps' year this year, though, in case you are wondering. Ovi scored no. two hat-tricks in a row. He's ready to play.
1: Oh, that's great. Did they lose to Columbus, the Rangers, or Pittsburgh in the second round? I'd like to get my bet in now. It's
0: one of them. It's guaranteed. Um, at, at this point though, back to Kevin Shattenkirk, the physicality he provides all of a sudden,
1: the, like, like when I was it the, it was the Habs game where some player's name, I don't remember, got on a breakaway and Kevin Shattenkirk was just like, yeah, you feel this? This is my hip destroying your side. I, cu- I couldn't believe it. I was like, I didn't know this guy. And I physical. was like, I was like, well, there's no way Kevin Shattenkirk can get back. He's not fast enough. Cause uh, Kevin Shattenkirk's like not the fastest skater in the world. And I was like, holy shit. Kevin Shattenkirk's he hit him. Okay, here we go. You guys, you ready? Invite
0: Greg Kaplan. Here it comes. This is hot. This is, this is hot podcast. This is hot. I need to immediately say we're recording. <laughs> Otherwise, some bad things might happen. Uh, but yeah, so, oh, the man, the myth, the legend.
2: What's James doing here?
0: Uh, we're, in the middle, we're in the middle of an episode because they thought you weren't coming. So, uh, oh,
2: well, I'm out. I'm going to bed. See no, later.
0: don't go to bed. Don't go to bed. Why? Are you leaving?
2: I, I, I don't want to do this. I, no offense, James. I don't want to do this episode with you.
0: It's not. He's leaving. No, that, that's
1: that's perfectly acceptable. He's leaving. I told
0: him we were calling right you, now. and he's leaving.
1: That's it. Give me a... No, Greg. It's not that. Greg just wants to go back to bed because he doesn't want to do the episode. Yeah, period, we were just, you...
0: we, we were, we were, that's it. He's leaving. We were like, I'm going to call Greg and as soon as he's up, and then you, you're, you're out of here, James. I said it right at the beginning of the podcast. Is that fair for you, Greg? Yeah, whatever. Okay. James, thanks for coming <laughs> this is on, the, buddy.
1: This is, this is the best. I can't wait to listen to this bullshit. All
0: right, later, buddy. Love you, Kaplan. Love Hope you. you feel better. Hey, we're back with the actual start of this podcast. Greg, you're awake and alive. I know you've had a tough weekend. I also did not sleep this weekend, as you know. Uh, how you feeling, bud? Very tired. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, are you on like 3 hours sleep?
2: Well, no. I've, I've been asleep for about three hours, and then you woke me up, so here I am.
0: I did. Uh, we do this podcast on Monday nights. <laughs> I try and uh, keep that on schedule. That's all. So uh, welcome. Welcome back to Earth. I'm sorry I had to wake you up for this, but it's, it's important news uh we got we got to touch on. The Rangers are playing actual hockey again. Before we get into that, um I would actually just like to touch on the fundraiser we did over the weekend. Uh it went exceptionally well. Uh, I have to thank everybody who stopped by our 20 my 24-hour stream, ours, also called ours. uh Bullshit breakaway 20, 24-hour stream, and uh, we were raising money for Puerto Rico. I was playing a bunch of games. A lot of people who uh listen to the podcast stopped by and they donated a ton of money. We raised $1800. For Puerto Rico. And I have to say, I'm blown away, uh, speechless and very proud of what what happened this weekend. Uh, it's all going to a really good cause. And uh, I have nothing else to say. It was a really humbling experience. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that donated and, and stopped by and said hello and said, thanks for doing this and all that. It's it's really like uh, something really that's really nice and almost making me uh, cry for a minute. So there you go. That was an emotional moment for us. And also uh, we launched a website this week bushelsbreakway.com and there's a lot good going on there so please check that out if you get a chance that was that greg any any uh any words
2: on the live stream um i called you once during it yeah you called me
0: at 1 35 a.m unfortunately i had my phone down because i was seriously into a game at that point
2: Mm -hmm, i'm sorry
0: i'm sorry about that yeah my bad no
2: i was so i was so drunk that i was sitting in a hotel room and it was one of those things where i would uh um i closed my eyes as i was laying in bed and as i would close my eyes I would be in the exact same, like the hotel room would not change, except that two people would just magically appear.
0: Oh, like friends of yours or people that were imaginary? No, people
2: I do not recognize at all. okay. And they were sitting in chairs in the hotel room having a conversation with themselves. So then I would open my eyes and it's still the same hotel room. It's just the people are no longer there. So it very much got to a point where I couldn't tell if my eye, like what I was doing. I believe they call that hallucinating. Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. I didn't have any foreign substances in my body except alcohol, so it was very interesting that that was happening to me.
0: Is that is that not a usual thing for you?
2: That is very much not a usual Can thing. Can I ask
0: you if you went liquor at the open bar?
2: I always go liquor at the open That's bar. That's my man. Of course you do.
0: Whiskey? Yes.
2: Okay. No, not whiskey. Okay. Roman Cokes. All day. All day. All day, every day. My You're favorite, um, My favorite thing about open bars at weddings is I'll ask for Roman Coke, and the bartender almost always says is Bacardi okay and I'll be like I don't give a fuck you, you can give me it out of your shoe I don't know the difference between rum <laughs> I know it gets me messed up at the third drink does it really matter at the first drink it doesn't matter what are you talking it's, about it's open bar you're right it doesn't matter I agree with oh, you. it's not even that it's open bar it, it's just like I've had this opinion before it's exactly like beer
0: yeah we, we, but we no disagree on this me. we've gone yeah. over this a million times
2: Let's, alcohol has no taste. To what is alcohol?
0: Let's talk. Me, me and James did some bullshitting before you got here. Uh, welcome. i have just uh welcome to the podcast. And now we're going to talk about actually all the news I wanted to talk about. Uh, Rangers have signed forward depth, uh, Adam Cracknell, and this is a sign that Hedl is now going back to the Czech Republic, right? Very much so. Hey, 100. I think he Heetle,
2: was going anyway because Zavie a fucking moron.
0: Yeah, but... l- let's get on that right now. Uh, sure. I have a lot to say about this. Why would you yeah. keep the kid if you're going to play in four minutes? Each game, we should, have kn-
2: we should have known this was going to happen. We should
0: have. There's a lot we're going to get into today. I'm pretty revved up about the first three games, to be honest.
2: I'm just, dis- I'm disappointed we didn't know this was going to happen. We were living in a fantasy world that imagined he, um, Av as a different human being, but no, he's still Av. And uh, now that Terry Collins is out of my life,
0: oh, it's time. Oh my
2: god, oh, there's so much hate in my heart.
0: There's, it's time. Uh, so listen, right away. Last week, I lived in a fantasy world where I said to myself, okay. Philip Hedl might actually make this team. We, I, I said yeah. nine games he'd go back, but I, in my head, there was a possibility where this kid was going to rip it up, be like, okay, he's playing out of his mind. I know he's 18, but he's show, like they, they showed him off in the preseason. They were like, we're playing this guy like 25 minutes. And did they do that because they knew they were going to play him in the regular season? I'm just very confused now. Why was he getting reps if he wasn't going to be on this team? This team's trying to win, right?
2: Yes. Um... The first sign of trouble should have been when the Rangers didn't put Hito on a power play unit uh, first night of the season. It's It was so weird. You put Hito on the second line with Nash and Zuccarello, and you think to yourself, he's going to get minutes. He's going to see the ice plenty. Now, oh my God, that spider is massive. Anyway. Um, spider spider update. <laughs> podcast. Oh God, no, That that one it like grew while I was gone. Anyway. Um, you put him, you on, put the him on the line. second line. You're, you're expecting... Fine. So he's not on the power play. You get it. DeJarney actually looked pretty good, solid on the power play in the preseason. And to DeJarney's credit, he looked more than fine on the power play through three games so far in the regular season, but it's not so much that DeJarney looks fine. It's just, you have this untapped potential with Hito. I don't understand why you would just not see what you have. Cause again, you, if you know, you're working in a nine game window, you just kind of have to throw him to the fire and see if, see if it works you know
0: i'm not even asking
2: for like second line whatever reason Av AV keeps him in the lifeboat it's just like well i told you he can't swim it's like nope you haven't proven that at all all you've done is fuck up the entire reason why he's here yeah the whole reason he's here is to get exposure like he could be back the whole reason he's here is to see if he can play and if you're not going to play him you're never going to know
0: exactly so why are we playing him four minutes like okay if we played him 10 minutes would you be upset
2: uh, yeah, I, he, he's, if he's gonna first of all, if Hito is going to center Nash and Zuccarello, give him 15 minutes. Just keep the line together. Don't stop double shifting day It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Because if he's a fucking moron, we always, here's the thing about AV. We always say he likes to roll four lines. He doesn't really, he likes to roll three and then he'll fuck the fourth line. That's why. That's why opening like Paul Carey saw less than eight minutes. Heedle saw less than eight minutes. It got to a point where Darnay was the second line center. Paul
0: Carey was, and, your playing
2: fourth, and the reason why Grabner um, sees times because he's on the penalty kill. Yep. But for the most part, for the most part, Av doesn't roll four lines. Oh. Av likes to roll ten forwards because so he likes getting Grabner and VC out there. But fuck all if he's playing the fourth fourth line center and the fourth line. Uh, one of the fourth-line wingers. Just doesn't care. We're fine, then. If you don't care, you don't care. That's great. Send so Heedle back to the Czech Republic before the season starts and keep Budenieves here, we're not – I mean, we're probably still angry if Budenieves is only seeing eight minutes and getting scratched left and right. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. But we're not as angry. It just – it's almost like one has to wonder because we've had this conversation so many times. We yeah. have. How many times have we sung Jeff Gordon's praises? Quite often.
0: Well, I think we're – we're good at getting on our knees for Jeff Gordon. I would say that. Who the
2: fuck, but who the fuck runs the ship?
0: We've said this. Like, is, is Jeff Gordon? Jeff Gordon just gives him the personnel and lets AV play all the toys. I, I don't understand. Like, why would Jeff Gordon all, be like, we're, dude, we're, we kept this kid here. Let's play him.
2: All Jeff Gordon has to do is be like, Hedl's here. Give him 15 minutes for nine games. And let's see what we have. And then after nine games, you and I can reevaluate. That's all Gordon has to do. And then AV would have to do it. Instead, Gorton's like, here are the 20 players, 22 players, whatever it is. Do whatever you want. We, and it,
0: it, gets, it, it, gets, does, it
2: doesn't seem like Gorton gives a shit. If Gorton gave a shit, Buchnevich isn't getting benched in the playoffs and Heedle's playing.
0: I still think Bucenevich might have been more hurt in the playoffs than we than it, than it lets on. I'm, I'm buying into that theory more and more.
2: Uh, I, I don't know why you are, because here we are three games in the season and well, Philip Heedle's already been healthy scratched. Yeah, that's fair. To play seventh defenseman. Yeah, that's my next point. Uh, let's talk it's about Adam. seven defensemen, and one of them wasn't Brendan Smith.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about there. Let's talk about Adam Crackdale very quickly. Um, sure. Uh, a nice depth piece. I'm not sure why Lettieri isn't giving a shot on this team after playing so well in the preseason. I get that he's not like a real-time player, but again, see what you have.
2: Uh, Crackdale. A.V. A- 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 a hates young players.
1: I don't. Why? Why? I,
2: I can't defend it.
1: I can't but either.
2: I- the, I, we're well past the point of there being proof in the pudding if av is not playing philip heatle what makes you think he'd play vinnie lettier i
0: just think Lettieri showed av loves like the AV whole-
2: loves versatile veterans that can fill and look this is not adam cracknell's fault he's fine
0: oh adam cracknell's fine i adam actually Cracknell, go on Greg, i'd
2: rather have him than paul carey
0: Oh, absolutely. I read a lot of nice things about Adam Cracknell today about how some of the Stars beat writers were saying he was one of the most motivated and consistent guys on the team last year. He's an uphill player. Of course, he's got like the hustle, third-line, fourth-line uh, reputation at this point, but I'd rather have them than Paul Carey. I'd rather have Tier than Paul Carey. N- nothing against Paul Carey. I just don't think he's a great player. Or Carey,
2: a is player. Here so fast. Carey is here until so Fast is healthy. Cracknell is going to then become the extra forward once Fast is healthy. I can't wait for and Crack And crack- Cracknell can play winger or center and he's basically AV's wet dream on the fourth line and he's a little bit more of a hockey player than tender glasses so he's fine but like you said it's it's not even I'm not pro Adam Cracknell it's just if the rangers are required to have that kind of player on the roster and seemingly they are uh 10 times out of 10 I'd rather it be Cracknell than Andrew De jarnet Desjardins, that should say.
0: Desjardins, yeah. I don't
2: want... This this is great. Desjardins is gone. This is basically what Cracknell means. There's no hope. Desjardins makes this team with Cracknell being here. So...
0: Can I make a weird, strange point that doesn't matter? Um, Sure. I kind of miss Matt Pumple. Like, wouldn't I rather have Matt Pumple playing than Paul Carey? Like, Pumple was, was solid. I...
2: I honestly don't know if there's a big difference between the two. Maybe
0: there's not. I don't know. I, I I didn't fall in love with Matt Pumple, but I just, I knew who he was as a player is what I'm saying. Like, why would we let sure. him go to play Paul Carey? Like Matt Pumple, even in the stats say he's, you know, as we had uh, Sean Tierney on and he was saying that Matt Pumple was like the optimal second line for the Rangers. Of course he's not like really in real life, but at the same time, the guy shows stats.
2: So at the same time, I think it matters that 30 NHL teams passed on Matt Pumple when they could have had him for free.
0: I agree. I agree.
2: And 29 other teams did it last year when the Senators waived them. I also agree. So I – yes and no. At the same time, it's like when the Rangers try and pass Paul Carey through waivers, I don't expect anyone to make a claim. <laughs> it, 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 look, the, Paul Carey doesn't have to be playing because all the Rangers had to do was keep Heedle and Vinny Lettier. But AV is so adverse to young players that we're going to send Heedle back to the Czech Republic. And we should say, if Heedle was always going back to the Czech Republic – at least we know now that there is no point in keeping him here because AV is not going to play him. Uh, I'd rather the decision has been made extremely easy. Like I want Hedl to play every night. You might as well slide his entry level contract for a year. Absolutely. There is no point. There's zero point of carrying Philip Hedl because AV was never going to give him a shot. So he doesn't need to be here. Uh, with that being said, the Rangers now have a massive gaping hole at center. Once again, with no answers on the horizon. And we know for sure that any answer the Rangers will actually have at center needs to come via trade because AV is never going to give the ball to a rookie. I it's will, just not going to happen.
0: I will say this. JT Miller um, looked pretty good at center in the, in the Montreal game. He won a lot of crucial face-offs. Um, he was, he was playing pretty well. I, I don't know if that's the answer. I like JT Miller as a player. I, I feel like he's evolved even more this year. We're going to get into that.
2: If Miller's the answer at center, then Cracknell and Carey are in the lineup at the same time, which means if Fast comes back, one of them is still going to be in the lineup, and that's a problem. That is a problem.
0: Actually, Cracknell might work out for us. Uh, I, I, should... I,
2: I, I think you're setting your, your hopes too high. I think Cracknell is a perfect 13th forward, but okay. you need 12 forwards ahead of him, and right now the Rangers not only don't have 12 forwards wow. ahead of him, they barely have 10.
0: Man, I know this is an angry podcast. We're both pretty fucking angry right now. I'd, I'd say that's fair, right? Um,
2: well, I mean, cause it woke me the fuck up. Yeah, but I was out. out,
0: but come on, you knew that was happening. Like we do this every I, Monday,
2: right? I set my alarm at six. It was still going off at eight o'clock.
0: I believe you. That's impressive. I know I, I was ready. I was ready to, uh, to say, we're going to do another podcast another day. I was going to let you sleep. I'm glad you woke up. So we do it now, but I was, I was just going to be a good friend and let you sleep and just say, we'll do a <laughs> podcast another day, but here we are.
2: You you like made a Facebook status telling people to wake me up. What I, do you mean you're I, gonna let me sleep?
0: I I, I I I
2: woke up. I woke up. To, well, I won't lie. I woke up to a single text message from someone.
0: Okay. I I I just made one post in our in our little private group, and then I messaged you a couple times. And if you weren't gonna wake up, I was just gonna say we'll do another day. No big deal.
2: Mm-hmm. No big deal. Likely story. No big deal. Likely story. I love you, buddy. You well, I mean, that. I I told people I was gonna be angry on this podcast, and like I came into this podcast very angry. I oh. yelled at James for no reason. You really did. <laughs> I I, I just, (laughs) the first thing, I don't want to, like, my normal, we'll get back to me being angry about the Rangers because that's not going to That's going to happen. My normal morning routine when I wake up for real, uh, I don't talk to anyone for the first two hours I'm awake. And that includes the hour and a half I'm awake and at work. I don't talk to coworkers for an hour and a half. Yep. I'm like, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with anybody's bullshit. Let me be. When I warm up, we'll communicate. And you'll know exactly when that is. And God bless my coworkers because they've gotten the message. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not engage me in conversation until about five o'clock in the morning. And even then they're very touch and go. Good idea. They let me say the first word. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> that you wake me up, you put a microphone in my face and expect me to interact like a human being with people. It's a, it's, it's a blessing that I haven't ripped your head off I, at some point.
0: I, I Listen, I, uh, I appreciate you. Is that, that's all I can say. I appreciate you.
2: There's three of them are the size of my fist now.
0: Okay. I just want to say one more thing before we get back to Hey, the Rangers. I think we've done great things together. I think we're a good pairing.
2: You did all right. You did, you did good this weekend. I did nothing this weekend. Uh, uh, I, I got very drunk this weekend.
0: I think we've done a great job with the website so far. I'll say that. My article's oh, coming yeah. out tomorrow, hopefully. That's the plan.
2: <laughs> the article you were going to have ready this time.
0: I will listen. Yeah. I raised $800 for Puerto Rico, I was a little busy.
2: You were at the same time. You, were, you said you'd have the article done before the fundraiser.
0: I said I'd have it done before the fundraiser, and then I said on Monday. A little bit of procrastination. I kind of died also. And,
2: and then it's still going to be Tuesday tomorrow. You're not going to have it.
0: I will have it tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, we'll,
2: see.
0: we'll see. But anyway, anyway, but to get back to the point, Drew Way has some great fucking articles on our website. You must read. Uh, Pretty I'll, good. I'll, I'll say that Chris Kreider and the uh, the plus minus article are amazing. We're gonna have more to come. Stay tuned. Back to the Rangers. The time has come. We talk about it all off season. We had the defensive pairings in our head. We were like, "Man, Mac and Shat, we're gonna have an insane number one overall pairing." Lasted game, two games. Third game. <laughs>
2: Lasted two games. Oh. I was. It was partially joking, right? The entire off season, we were, we were, we were kidding, or at least we would say we were kidding because it would be too depressing for it to be true. Mm-hmm. And it took three games for it, it took, to be true.
0: It took three. Fucking games and now the, the
2: worst part of, honestly ryan the worst part about it is that we won that montreal game it, it's just it's the exact same thing like the playoffs it's when tender glass came into the lineup and the rangers won and i was like god damn it now it's gonna be a thing because there's no way there's no way if he goes back because not only did the rangers win they they shut out the canadians first of all 100 hank the reason why we shut out the canadians 100 they were they were terrible defensively.
0: Uh they were just they, terrible defensively. There was uh, even on offense we were getting outplayed.
2: There was uh, I, I saw the numbers. I I know Hank stopped. I think thirty plus shots. Luckily, I have. But it right here. someone someone pointed out that the Canadians had like sixty four true shot attempts. Hmm. <laughs> um. That is alarming. We had he uh, uh,
0: n- he saved thirty four shots, Craig.
2: Thirty four shots. Um. I I think it was. It was either Sean Tierney or a guy, um, recurring guest Sean Tierney, or a friend, oh, not a Mika Mika McSomething. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name. I'm gonna look it up as soon as I'm done with this rant. Anyway, um, one of the big chat chart boys showed a chart that there was a one minute thirty eight second shift from Nick Holden that resulted in five shots on goal and six true shot attempts by the Canadians. <laughs> Oh, uh, Nick Holden in a minute and thirty eight. That is incredible. That's hard that in that <laughs> short amount of time the Canadians were able to pepper off that many shots.
0: That it's it's hard to do what Nick Holden did on the ice. I I will say that Nick Holden had uh only registered quote unquote two giveaways, but I'll say he uh he did at least five. He had a he had a giveaway uh, that was like right in front of the net where he just handed it to a Montreal player on the blue line. I was like, "Okay, that's great. Wonderful news." Uh
2: statistically statistically speaking, the Holden-Camper pairing may have been the worst Ranger defensive pairing in history. There was It was abysmal the entire time. History. And they played they played 16 <laughs> minutes. Oh, they
0: played more than 16 minutes. Campher and Holden played 17 minutes both. And there was a time where Camper got double shifted and got stuck in the zone. And Camper was really noticeable in the game. He was Okay, uh, but he was only, and I, I was talking to Drew A about this, and he was only noticeable because he got stuck out there, and he was playing so many, so much time. Like, De, by the way, Tony D'Angelo, three minutes. What the yeah. fuck, A.D.? Did
2: D'Angelo, did D'Angelo get a five-on-five five shift?
0: Uh, Maybe not.
2: I uh, think he got he, one. I think he got he one. Has, he has
0: one here, because his power play time on the ice is a minute 37. He played 345.
2: So he, he may have gotten, he got less than five, five-on-five five shifts. That's safe to say. Uh, that's embarrassing. It just... But at the same time, we've seen this again. There was one game last year where A.V. dressed seven defensemen and Clendenning literally didn't see the ice. I, which, I, it goes back to my point. A.V., we've talked about how blah, blah, blah. He loves rolling lines. He doesn't. He likes playing 10 forwards. He loves playing 10 forwards. He loves the top nine and he loves Jimmy VC. Yeah. And then he'll play if he has to. Another winger, and if he has to, a fourth line center. But if it's AV's world, he'd love just having three lines and just fucking the fourth line entirely, which in its own right, it's just, it's asset management with AV. That's the frustration. I think as a hockey person, he's not that bad. I like his system, clearly works. He's won bundles of regular season games. His winning percentage with the Rangers is over or hovering around 600, which is fantastic. He goes to the playoffs every year. He knows what the fuck he's doing. And at the same time, he's so fucking stupid. I just. Because he he just doesn't know how to. He's given Shattenkirk McDonough. He's given Shea Smith and he's given Tony D'Angelo. All he has to do is not fuck up that last defensive player. And not only does he fuck it up, he exacerbates it by making Mark Stahl play top-line minutes with Ryan McDonough, who then has to play, once again, defense for two. And not just that, but the benching Smith part, fine. Smith did not look good in either of the first two games. Okay, if we're going to hold veteran players accountable and be willing to bench them,
0: I respect if you're that. going
2: to say Smith didn't look good in the first two games, cannot bench him before you bench Mark Stahl.
0: Oh, and also, if you're going to play seven defensemen, you should probably play the seventh one more than three minutes. Like I, I don't really get it. it you it's, know,
2: nobody made Av play seven defensemen. If Av wasn't going to play D'Angelo, don't fucking play him. Just mm. like if, if honestly, if you're 12th forward, you're only going to give four minutes on the ice. Just play Paul Carey because at least Paul Carey is a winger. Right. The only reason D'Angelo stayed in the lineup in Av's mind is like, well, I, I, he's on my second power play. I got to keep him that. I got to keep. He him has running. no flexibility. He has no flex. He's the most rigid human being I've ever watched in my entire life. Av. Is we could give AV ten Alex Ovechkins and two Tanner Glasses and Tanner Glass would be the first and second line center.
0: I actually my, he'd
2: find a fucking way. I find he's,
0: my I, I find it really hard to disagree
2: with you. I'll say that he's in indef- the thing that pisses me off. It's in, it's indefensible. It is completely indefensible. There is there's no way anyone can sit back. The only way people can sit back and say it worked is because the Rangers won two nothing. They shouldn't have won two nothing. They won 2-0 because Henrik Lundqvist reminded people that at 36 years old, he's still a fucking G and reminded people that the first two games of this year, Hank definitely looked sloppy again on Thursday night to open the season. No defending that. At the same time, even sloppy Hank would get a win in that game if Semyon Semyon Varlamov didn't play out of his fucking mind. He was out of
0: of his mind. Out of
2: his mind. The Rangers should have scored five goals, and that's not even me exaggerating. That's the Rangers should have scored five goals. Oh, I watched that game Uh,
0: very carefully. Uh... Out of his mind, Greg. It out was. His
2: stood, we we call we say when people stand on their head, Varlamov stood on his head and did fucking jumping jacks upside down.
0: And we offensively that night we looked like a powerhouse. And th- I think this is a nice transition to get off the hate uh, train for at least five minutes.
2: No, um, oh, no, we're going right back.
0: Okay, okay, you want to come back right now?
2: Or I'm, we- I'm, the, the train has left the station. I'm very much aboard. I bought like two tickets for this train.
0: Okay. Speaking um, speaking of tickets, the ticket prices for the uh, City Field game are absurd. Yeah, probably not going. I, I I know we said on this podcast we were definitely going.
2: I don't have to pay two hundred dollars to freeze my balls off. I could take a TV, watch outside, and sit at home right. and drink beer for cheap.
0: I think uh, we'll see. I I might. I don't know. I'm on the fence, but I know I, I I've been leaning no, especially because I'm going to be hungover as hell. I'll say that.
2: Uh, yeah, I, the odds are low.
0: Let's talk about the goods. The good things that's okay. happened so far. I think there's actually a significant amount here. Let's start. There's with, plenty. Let's start with the obvious.
2: Mika Sabinejad. Sure. Oh, go one step further, KCB. Yeah, KCB KZ, uh, is the new goal of game line.
0: They're incredible. It's something else. Uh, I'm. I'm actually getting chills right now talking about this. Kind of
2: weird. It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's almost like. You know what would make all this easier if Gorton just lied. Like if AB, <laughs> we could just give him a drink. That and Gorton tells him things like, "Oh, you don't remember D'Angelo last year? Yeah, no, this is the second season. If If AB <laughs> just assumed these guys were second year players, yeah, I think he'd treat them differently because the the treatment of Pavel Buchnevich last year to this year is oh uh it's it it's jarring at this is how Buchnevich should have been treated last year but the fact that I'm I'm at least happy we got here cuz he's a fucking magician and the KCB line is the most beautiful thing my eyes have ever seen on the ice one step further our number one power play unit is so good that not even Scotty Arneo can fuck it up.
0: So good. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk more in depth about this. Let's. I just said let's talk like four times. That's how excited I am. Mika Zibanejad looks like a whole different player. I know he's he looked like this last year a little bit in the time he wasn't injured when he was playing, but right now, uh, he's a bona fide C one center, like uh, one C center. No question. Uh, bona, bona fide. No question. He looks amazing on the ice, and that trade more and more by the day looks absolutely ridiculous. I mean, especially and the extension game, the Rangers
2: right? gave him this offseason seems like a bargain.
0: It seems like an absolute bargain, especially if he's going to be playing at this level. Of course. Guys, we're, it's overreaction theater right now, we're, to steal a term from a podcast I used to listen to a long, long time ago. Uh, but that, that's where we are. And so far, Mika's Zvinder has four goals, has looked absolutely dominant, and is probably the future star of this team? Or is the star almost the star of it now?
2: I think it's one of those weird things where when you look at the KZB line, Kreider is the name casual fans are going to recognize first. Right here, buddy. I don't know. They're so good, the three of them together, that I don't know if you could say one is going to be a bigger star than any of the other. Because I personally, I don't want to see this, but it's almost one of those things where I wonder what would happen if you broke them up. Like, say you put and Nash with Zibanejad, Kreider mm-hmm. plays with – here's the problem you, – you, you break up that first line, the rest of the team just falls to shit because we don't have any center depth. Um, th- it's just, when was the last time you watched the range game was actually excited that they were on the power play?
0: I, I can't remember. I, I don't think there was a time. <laughs> Where,
2: when when the first power play unit of KZB, Zuccarello, and Shattenkirk is on the ice,
0: uh, it's... It,
2: it's not just that I'm I'm excited to see them, I'm now at a point where I'm almost expecting them to score. It's and weird, if not right? score, at least create three bona fide um, chances.
0: And Zook playing with th- that line is just something else. The passing that Zook adds to those three players in general... Actually, listen, I take that all back. Shattenkirk revolutionized the power play here already. And it's only been three games. It's very scary. And me and James quickly talked about this in a couple minutes before you came on. But Shattenkirk is... A player I did not expect. Uh, I expected him to be very good. But the physicality and the actual... How good and crisp his passes are. And how well he sets up the power play. I've never seen anything like it. I, I Or or at least in a Ranger uniform. Am I wrong to say that? Well, it's, well, it's been no, a long time. Because
2: even... Shattenkirk is... What we all wanted Keith Yandel to be. But Keith Yandel also got AV'd. So I'm not ever sure we really saw what Yandel was possible of. But even if we saw Yandel at peak Yandel, he's still not Shattenkirk. And Shattenkirk on the power play is orgasmic. He finds people, he creates opportunities, and more importantly, he controls the zone. The Rangers, I've the first 3 games, it feels like when the Rangers are on the power play, they may not be taking a shot in the first 30 seconds, but they're just they're just leaning on opposing teams like a boxer against the ropes like they're just wearing them down that's a great so analogy. that when they do have a shot open up it's prime the defense is tired and the rangers will likely be able to get a rebound because nobody will have skates underneath them anymore it it's methodical and the rangers power play has not been methodical in years i feel like every time the rangers on the power play it's the same thing someone dumps it in they chase they try and regain possession of the puck more times than not the puck is cleared now, and, and by the, the Rangers, way, and we
0: get scored on. You forgot that part.
2: Right. But now the Rangers control the zone before the entry. Once they're in, they're taking their time to set up exactly what they want to do. And seemingly every time they're on the power play, they find the exact opening that they want. And more times than not, if you keep doing that, you're going to keep scoring. Um, and it's it's remarkable. And it's it's Kevin Shattenkirk, like you said. It's the fact that he is a bona fide number one quarterback on a power play unit and it's KCB the KCB line is it's perfect it doesn't need to be touched I don't even know if it needs to be coached right now they're everything they're doing is in complete unison and it's just lovely to see and this is the thing that pisses me off is this is what Pucinavich has been capable of since day one injury no injury when he was healthy and on the ice maybe he didn't give him the go And when A.V. is not going to give you the go, you're not going to be able to see this on a nightly basis. But at least, again, at least we're seeing it now. uh, And I am grateful for that. And I pray that A.V. just doesn't touch this line at any point during the season unless there's an injury. But it's also A.V., so I'm expecting Bucinevich, once Fast comes back, to somehow find his way back on the fourth line. I don't know how it's going to happen. Okay, me too. So
0: let's talk about this real quick because uh, I've been studying Bucinevich pretty hard these last three games. I'm I'm a huge fan of his, as everyone should be. Yep. He looks much stronger. First off, let's get that off the bat. He, like, I know we've we've had people come on to this podcast and say he has thighs of steel and and legs of a horse, but he has been much more physical. He laid a amazing hit in the Montreal game uh, against uh, Shea Weber, and in general, he's looked much better. But my worry here is just like you said, his AV sends him down to the third line somehow, and that is a real possibility that happens. But Bujinovich is showing right now already what he's capable of, which is being a top line winger, he's incredible. His passing is pristine and it's setting Mika Zvinjad up for goal scoring opportunities. He's never had. I mean, don't get me wrong. Zuccarello is very good at doing that also, but Bush has a potential that to be unlocked uh, and is developing right now. That's special. It's different.
2: There, there's no reason to ever touch the KZB line. I, there there just isn't one. It's it's one of those things where like you figured it out once now figure out the other, other two or three that you need to figure out. Mm -hmm. Like, Do not create more problems by continuing to search for other answers. I also think the thing that is benefiting Bucinevich is the one thing, if there's ever been a knock on his game, is he's not exactly the world's best um, defensive zone player. But every time Bucinevich is on the ice, he's usually on it with one of the top two defensive pairings now. And I think that's created um, ease of mind for him where when Bucinevich was on the third or fourth line, there were times he was going out there with the likes of Stahl and Holden. And if you're out there with Stahl and Holden and you're not a great defensive zone player, that's only going to get exacerbated. Now he's consistently on the ice at the same time that Ryan McDonough is. And I think, at least mentally, it's taken a load off for him defensively, knowing he when McDonough's on the ice and you're a winger, you don't have to be perfect. Yep, You have to be just good enough. And I, I do think that makes... A big deal. Now, of course, if he's going to be joined on the ice at the same time as McDonough and Mark Stahl, you have to be a little closer to perfect because you're playing for four. Uh, but I do, I do think him being on the top line helped because it also means he's playing with top defensive parents.
0: Pushdevich looks like he's even better defensively this year. I know it's a small sample size, but he, he's showing physicality even on the defensive end. Kind of like I said, he he is hustling. He he is living up to his potential, and I hope he continues to do that. Uh, other bright spots on this team, I would say JT Miller. Like I said, he's kind of been playing some sort, somewhat of a good center for right now. Uh, Rick Nash kind of doesn't look, you know, he looks like Rick Nash, an old Rick Nash. He's not bad, uh, but he hasn't been noticeable, I, I don't think. He, he definitely had a Rick Nash moment in Montreal where he, like, went to the net and didn't score. Uh, it was pretty Rick Nash of him.
2: I think part of the problem with Rick Nash is... Look, wingers play better when they're consistently playing with the same center. Just familiarity and chemistry. And Rick Nash, the first three games, who's been the second-line center for the Rangers? Yeah. Gun to your head. It's supposed to be Heedle. But Lord knows he hasn't gotten the run. It's DeHarnay. So (laughs) David DeHarnay playing with Rick Nash and Matt Zuccarello might not work. And this is exactly what our problem was in the offseason when we said signing DeHarnay was perfect because he's a perfect third- or fourth-line center where those are the kind of guys you want him playing with. But as good as DeJarney has looked, it's it's just not working when you put him with Rick Nash and Matthew Zuccarello. And if it's not going to work, you have to find a solution. And in the preseason, that solution was Philip who did look good with both of those guys. And now you've created the, exactly what I've said about moving Butch to the first line. You've created more questions while searching for one answer. And when you do that, everything's thrown off. And you're right back to square one. One has to wonder, honestly, back in the summer when we made the step on trade, I think we both cautiously liked it because not exactly 100% sure you wanted on at the rate he was going. Uh, you were intrigued by Tony D'Angelo. You're intrigued by the seventh overall pick. But if this is what we were going to get, which is D'Angelo not playing and Lee is back in Sweden, mm-hmm. And, A- and A.V. showing no signs that when Leas comes over here from Sweden, he's actually going to get run because just look at Hedl, case in point. I'm glad Lias went back ma- now. Well, why make, why make the trade? Are the <laughs> Rangers, if, if if the Angel was going to be either scratched, barely playing or in the minors, if Anderson was going to be Anderson and or Heedle not going to play with the Rangers this season, would the Rangers be significantly better? Right now, with Derek Stepan or with Tony D'Angelo uh, I get answer very clearly? Started. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because because one, Stepan Stepan would be playing um, heavy minutes every night. Yeah, two, he'd be number two center. You wouldn't be taking you be taking away ice time from a young defenseman that should be playing, or the young defenseman that we'd be crying about is not D'Angelo but Neil Pionk, who you have under contract on an entry level deal anyway. Um, you'd answer the question about what to do in your top six center ranks. You wouldn't be looking to trade for a center. You, the step on trade becomes less logical from the Rangers side of things. Every day that AV remains the head coach and every day that AV remains the head coach and the Rangers don't make a move for a center. It remains because again, if, if, if the Rangers whole goal was we don't need to make a move for a center. We have two young centers. We just drafted in the first round. One of them was going to stick. If that was the Rangers goal going into training camp, and to begin the season, which I think clearly it was, then it never made sense for A V to remain on as head coach because it was just never going to happen.
0: Let's talk about Gordon actually for a second and that trade. Looking looking at it now, now that the season has started. You kind of went into this already that obviously Stepan would make this team way better. I agree. I think it's very obvious. This team, we agree, both agree, is rebuilding on the fly, right? Like they're Gorton's getting ready for five years from now already. It seems strange that we would make that trade if that wasn't the case. We're on the last—that almost signals to me right now that the season has started that we don't believe that we can win the Cup. We're getting ready for five years from now, and we think Henrik's window is closed. Am I wrong in thinking that?
2: Yeah, because I think if the Rangers were truly—I never liked the term rebuilding on the fly because it has to be an organizational model for that to be true. And the Rangers were never going to be rebuilding on the fly if A.V. was going to be head coach. Amy doesn't do rebuilds. He doesn't. You're right. And he's always going to play veteran players over rookies. And if you have a head coach who is so determined to stick to his model and try and win every night with that model, then you can't call it a rebuild on the fly because Mark Saul was always going to play and get heavy minutes. And the Rangers were always going to look for veterans to fill out the bottom of their forward ranks over young players. So you cannot be rebuilding on the fly unless you're actually playing the kids. But the Rangers are very clearly not playing the kids because Paul Carey made this team. Dian- You've already claimed Adam Cracknell. Mark Stahl is getting more minutes as opposed to less. And Tony D'Angelo's benched and Filipino's going back to the Czech Republic. And Piank is in... Pionk and Lee Litier- like
0: are in the AHL.
2: The the thing I hate are people out there like, well, look at Buzhnevich. He's on the second... There are legitimate people who think the narrative of AV not liking young players is completely debunked because Bushnevich is on the first line. Uh no. No, because you missed the entire season last year then. If that's your argument, you literally didn't watch hockey last year. Yeah, he's... And you didn't know what happened with Bucinevich last year. He screwed Bushnevish a lot,
0: even in the regular this
2: season. This is... This is... This is Alain Vigneault. This is his track record. He, he does this year in and year out. And for some reason, all of us convince ourselves that, well, maybe this year's going to be different. It's not going to be different. This is fucking him. He hates young players. He will look to give veterans minutes as much as he can. And regardless of how much talent a young player has... He doesn't feel comfortable playing rookies.
0: Remember last week when he we does. were like, "Why is uh, Camper on this team?" I
2: guess we know now. Camper's on this team because I think Av legitimately thinks Steve Camper is his sixth best defenseman. I agree. And I think the only I think the only reason Av didn't play Camper the first two games is Gorton was like, "No, we need D'Angelo." And and as soon as as soon as Gordon gave Av the window to be like, "All right, first two games went poorly, defense looks shaky, let's change it up," Av pounced on the opportunity. Honestly, I was I, I wasn't I was a little frustrated, but I wasn't angry the Rangers lost the avalanche because, again, Varlamov played so good that I don't can't know. Be can't be mad about that. Can't be mad about that. When a goalie is that hot, it's just like the playoffs. A goalie, The hot goalie is always going to win. Hank looked a little shaky. Varlamov looked like it was March, yep. and Varlamov won. The Rangers had plenty of opportunities they couldn't score, and it was no fault to their offense that they couldn't score. Semyon Varlamov was a brick wall. Yep, that's it. Uh, I didn't watch the Leafs game. But it's always frustrating when your goalie gets pulled. You somehow still tie the game up, and yet you then collapse in the third well, period. Let's
0: talk about that. Well, I didn't watch the game, so well, I, I can't really I, talk about it. Right, I will. Say, I want to just touch on this point because I didn't watch the game either. I did watch the recap because I was doing the twenty four hour stream where I raised money for Puerto Rico. Thank you so much, and uh, it went really well. But Pavlik, our backup goalie, dude, like
2: I'm. I've been saying this all off season. I'm really worried. No, I, I want to throw it out. Any goalie that comes in mid game, throw it out. That, that doesn't even count. Okay. Matt Murray came in mid game against the Blackhawks and gave up six goals. Yeah, he
0: got annihilated. You're going to tell me you're worried about
2: Matt Murray? No. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, it's not like when you bring in a goalie off the bench, it's not like going to the bullpen in baseball, where Pe- uh, Pavelic that day, I think, was prepared to What's never. Never Pavlik? I'm sorry about that. I mean, it's me. I don't know. What, I, look, us, but your names, never.
0: Never. Never, um, never, not once. Never this podcast. Bush Breakaway, not one time.
2: I, I, it is much more rare for a goalie to come in cold off the bench and become shut down than it is to bring in a... I expect when a goalie gets pulled that more goals are going to happen. I don't care if, if it was Hank that came on for Pavelic, I would expect more goals to get scored. It's Goalies coming in cold off the bench rarely ever works. And it's, it's always a panic move. And I, I don't read into it at all. And the case in point I use is Look, Matt Murray came in the game against the Blackhawks and immediately gave up six goals. Agree. And you're not going to tell me that you're going to be worried about Matt Murray. You're not. No guys want two stand uh, cups. He's so not no. worried about him. I, I, let's let's watch a game with Pavellic from start to finish and go from there at the same time. If those are the six defenders that are going to play in front of your goalie. Yeah. I'm worried about Pavellic too, because I'm worried about Hank. If those are your six defenders playing in front of you, it's, it has to be a whole unit. It has to be cohesion. Well, Smith has to step off. it
0: up for sure. I, I know he'll 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 get his game right. I'm not worried about him.
2: I'm not sure if he, look. There's a very good chance Brandon Smith doesn't see the lineup again next time the Rangers go out. You think tomorrow didn't see the lineup, or today today rather? Sorry. Has, has, have, you, have you ever seen anything from Av? In Av's mind, he doesn't see how the game went or how the game was played. And he saw the. He final says the it. final score was two nothing. Yeah, you're right. And the final score was two nothing with Mark still on the top pairing and a defensive pairing of Holden and Camford. That's what he saw. In fact, I think the one problem he saw in that game was, "Well, I'm down a forward, and I need another forward," which is why the Rangers went out and got like crack crack now. Out. Yep. Okay. I've I I've never seen anything from Av in the years that he's been here where he'll see a two nothing game and think there was a problem.
0: Has this been our most heated podcast since last year's playoffs? I think so. Right. We, what have we Easy. had really to be? We, about? Haven't, we haven't had anything. about. Yeah. I just feel like this was um, a really intense show.
2: It it's just it's an intense show because. The answers are simple, seemingly. It, I don't think you need to be—you don't need to be an NHL coach for 15 years. You don't need to be even 21 years old and watching hockey in a college to know that there are solvable solutions to the Rangers' problems. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's almost like—it's not exactly like it, but it's kind of like when a country elects. A president who's not capable of being president, and then complaining about the country not exactly working correctly. Stick to sports, bro. Stick to sports. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Whatever. I no one. ESPN's not going to suspend me for whatever the fuck I want to say on this podcast. I love how the Um,
0: the hill covered the Jamel Hill story. That was one of my favorite things of the day. Her own website.
2: (laughs) I love how I went on Twitter to see to read more about the Jamel Hill story, and I got very distracted by. Mia Khalifa sliding it to Gilbert Arenas' DMs.
0: Is that one of the most amazing Instagram posts of all time? Because I think it is.
2: Here's the thing. Gilbert Arenas is straight fire on Instagram. He does Everything care. he posts is gold. And if it's not gold, it's about his family. And you're like, all right, cool. Gilbert Arenas is a dad that cares. He- it's just Gilbert Arenas knows exactly how to use Instagram, and he's perfected it.
0: I, rem- I remember one Instagram sticks out a lot where he was recording himself breaking into Nick Young's house. Uh, he's fantastic. That is so
2: I, I love Gilbert. Gilbert Arenas' Instagram makes me wish he was still in the NBA.
0: It's. Uh, it is a lot of reasons he's not. We'll say that. He's, uh,
2: <laughs> he's, he's perfect. Anyway, AB fucking morons. Let, Rangers fucking morons.
0: Okay. Because I'm,
2: honestly, right, we're at a point. Jeff Gordon is at least complicit because he's not stopping it. It's one of those situations. It's like, you you. I can no longer just be angry at AV because this is AV. And I now have to be angry at someone else. And it has to be whoever is letting AV make these decisions. And that's Jeff Gordon. So, regardless of all the good Jeff Gordon does, if it's not going to be put into practice, then what the fuck is the point?
0: This episode has been brought to you by a lot of cursing and anger. Uh, oh, Grandpa's going to. Oh, pissed. Grandpa is pissed at this podcast. com. All right. Uh, let's go on to a little bit of a returning segment, my friend. You ready? Mm. National Holidays. And the upcoming schedule, the the return of the segment. We'll go through it quick. This Tuesday, today, October tenth. It's National Metric Day. How come America doesn't use the metric system? It's, it's so too
2: easy. It's so dumb, it'd be right? Too, it'd be too easy. I, I just
0: feel like, man, math... when you
2: can do when you can do something that Liberia does as well, you got to do it.
0: Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I know we like to be loners, do our own thing, but metric system, like, it's all in hundreds and tens, man. It's so easy. Like it's what? So what are we doing? The only thing I like is Fahrenheit. It's a little more accurate. That's all I'm saying.
2: Is it? I yeah. feel like if you grew up with Celsius, you'd be like, "This is fine." I, I, I agree. I think mean, just all of
0: Europe uses it perfectly fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, I and the whole conversion thing has never made any sense to me because it's like a sliding scale and that fuck off. Um, but
0: hey, a zero is freezing. That's, that makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Yeah, and anything below freezing is super cold. It's almost like a line was drawn. And it's easy to understand. I honestly think, like, sure, Fahrenheit's easy for us to understand because those are the numbers we've seen at all times. But right. you grow up somewhere where they're using Celsius. That's the number you're seeing all the time. I'm sure it would make perfect sense.
0: You're probably fine. Well, uh, versus the Blues, the Shattenkirk's old team should be an interesting game. I predict uh, that'll be a
2: tough one. Teres- I don't know. Blues played today. They're going to be on a back-to-back.
0: That's fair. I, I just think it's going to be tough, Tarasenko. Tarasenko's been off to a slow start a little bit.
2: Um he no, did well today.
0: Oh, did he? I missed today's game. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, All Jake right. Allen did well. Claire Sanko did well, but again, it's a, it's a back to back, and the Rangers are quote-unquote um, yeah, "quote I, unquote" rested. not the, get let me let me put it this way: if the Rangers were not the same defensive unit that they ran out Sunday against the Canadians, against the Blues, we're not winning.
0: Okay. <laughs> Saturday, you're gonna love this one. Playing the Blue Jackets mm. in Columbus, October thirteenth, International Day for Failure. Wow.
2: Ah, uh, right up AV's A.
0: <laughs> wow. We are. Uh, I don't feel good about that one for pretty obvious reasons.
2: Every, every day is an international day of failure for AV.
0: But who, guys? The guy AV's had a lot of good accomplishments. Let me defend him for like two seconds. I know you're going to say Has he? Yeah, he's taken the team pretty far. I, I know. We I've missed. said this once
2: before. I'll say it again. He's the George Carl of the NHL. Whew.
0: Man, that's a. Whew. He's blaming George be, Carl George bla- Carl's like played bl- at all
2: time in NBA wins. He's blaming a lot of dads, just,
0: a lot of dads for issues and basketball players. <laughs> he, he,
2: well, clearly he hates young guys. So maybe AV's got some dad issues. Some dad
0: issues, yeah, maybe, but possibly. Um, and then uh, who makes these up? And then uh, we're in a in a back to back, which is fine for us because we're playing the Devils on October fourteenth. Uh, two holidays I found here that I kind of like: International Cassette Store Day. What? There's like, hmm. is there is there one cassette store left on the earth? No, right?
2: I don't know. I don't maybe, think so. Maybe in the Middle There's East. There's not even FYEs thing. anymore. Those are going out of business. Uh, I used to
0: work at an FIE arcade, rest in peace. Speaking of that, we'll get to that in one minute. Uh, A little bit of nonsense segment. And uh, National Costume Swap Day. What?
2: Costume Swap Day?
0: Swap Day. Like, you both wear costumes? You're like, you know what? Let's just switch.
2: What? I feel like you would do. I feel like that should be the day after Halloween. I where agree. Like, this is what I wore this year, so let's get something new.
0: Let's swap it up. Yeah. I, I think that's a smart idea. Before Halloween. I don't know. Playing the devils. Uh,
2: yeah, any g- only game. I don't. I honestly, the, w- with Av making lineup decisions that he's making, I can't confidently say I expect to beat anyone at this point.
0: I think we'll beat the Devils. Pretty fair, about pretty. Pretty. Feel pretty devils are like feisty.
2: Yeah. Devils are feisty. They scored six goals today.
0: What's up with the NHL, dude? Like, just everybody's scoring six goals. The new rule changes oh, – This is, is what. The,
2: yeah, this is what the NHL wanted.
0: Okay, we're. Uh, I think we're gonna save this for next week because I uh, we're we're running a little uh, long on time now. Well, not really long, but we're hitting hitting the hour mark. It's late for us, both of us. And the uh NHL
2: wanted the NHL wanted to increase storing and they did. We'll talk about the, the, More, more the, penalties are being called. Um slashing it's, it's and all to, that is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, harder to, it's harder to play defense now than it was last year. And if you're gonna create if you're gonna create more shots, you're gonna you're gonna it, directly create more goals.
0: It's a weird time in sports. Uh I want to get into it next week. We'll do that then. We'll preview that next week. Uh and then so let's talk a little bit about what's gonna happen now that I've raised all this money. Uh you are coming down to my house. Uh, mm-hmm. to stay the Thanksgiving weekend. I am. And we are going to our Blue Shirts Breakup Way e- meetup that Sunday. Uh, dear to our, good, our good friend Dan is, is hosting that. And we'll be meeting some people there. That'll be a very fun time. That Saturday, the day before, uh, since I hit the $1,500 goal, some generous donors. One person donated over $400, which is because <laughs> they wanted to see this happen. Uh, I will be going to Buffalo Wild Wings. In a John Franco jersey or shirt, and all of it will be recorded. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, I hate John Franco. Hate him with all, all of my guts. I hate him.
2: So I'm going. I'm going with you when this happens. Yes, sir. That's good. He might be the Mets bullpen catcher by the time this happens. Oh, Jesus, um, that's that's not I mean, even me being funny. That's a legitimate chance. That's real. The yeah, the Mets. Dan Worthen's gone. Um, I think right now. It's a three-horse race for who the Mets want as their pitching coach. Um, And I think regardless, Ricky Bonus is currently their bullpen coach who the Mets are going to interview for the pitching coach opening. And I think regardless of Bonus getting or not getting that job, they will have a new bullpen coach, and all signs have pointed to John Franco. Franco wants to get back into coaching. The Mets obviously love John Franco. He's the club's all-time leader in saves.
0: I swear to God, if he ends up as a real head coach one day, I'll freak the fuck out.
2: I don't think so. I think he's too old at that point. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if John Franco was the Mets bullpen coach.
0: Point of the story, I hate him. Because
2: what does the bullpen coach even do? I don't even know. Like, when, the manager calls I, the bullpen, the, the, right? I mean, like, the bullpen coach, I guess, in a way, helps the pitchers get warmed up. And if that's really what – like, if, there's, if, if a coach thinks he has a legitimate strategy to how, how best to warm up a pitcher, I guess I would want a former reliever being the bullpen coach. And John Franco has appeared in more games as a left-handed reliever than almost any other lefty reliever in baseball. I think it's like him, Jesse Orozco, and I don't. Even, I think I don't even think Billy Wagner comes close to the amount of games that Franco appeared in. But like, like if Franco thinks he has a science for how to properly get.
0: Greg, oh, Greg, oh, we lost you for a second there, buddy. You back? No, you're gone. Greg, you still there, bud? I think Greg is gone, ladies and gentlemen. No. Greg, what happened? This is a guy that. Oh no.
2: Fucker. Okay. Yeah, you know, I didn't even put my camera on. Oh, Greg, you're back. I've been here the whole fucking time.
0: Oh, oh, Greg, you're back. You're back. You were gone for a good five seconds there. Uh, I'll cut that part out for us. But uh, I don't know what happened. I've just been
2: yelling.
0: I know, you, you've you been perfect sounding the whole time. So let's just wrap this thing up, okay? Uh,
2: oh, makes sense as bullpen coach. That's okay. all i saying.
0: Okay, that's fine. We're wrapping this thing up. Sorry that you caught out there for a second. Bullpen coach, don't make sense. Doesn't fucking make sense. Uh, I'm really happy hockey's back. I'm happy we have this podcast. I'm happy we have the website. I'm happy I raised all that money for Puerto Rico and everyone that helped. Thank you so much. Uh, Greg, I'm really happy you woke up. I thought this podcast worked out fucking phenomenally. Hope people enjoyed it. We're going to be angry and going at it all season. So uh, come back next week. We got a lot to store, Greg. Any final words, Coach? I think Love you said. I think you said. A, and B. to anyone
2: who says fine, then who? I at this point, just anyone different. Give me someone different to be angry at. And that won't be happening. This team could be good. I, I. This team could be good if I, we just had it. It's asset management. That's the whole part of this. It is. The roster's there. Can make a good team out of the roster the Rangers have. I agree. And we're giving fucking this schmuck. This schmuck.
0: All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bushers break. Follow me on Twitter at Ori Mead. Follow Greg at under caps underscore locked. And uh, we'll be back next week. Look, look forward to see you then, Greg. will be wide awake. His he'll he'll, he'll stay woke the whole time. A, <laughs> I'm like just.
2: That. I that, know. Now
0: you. Mm. Listen. I'm just. <laughs> all right. We gotta go. I love you, buddy. Peace out. Bye-bye. All right. Would you like me to stop recording at this point, Craig?
2: You do you, man. I don't care.
0: Well, we're in the the middle of, we're in the midst of talking Rangers right now. You want me to restart? You do you. Are are you okay? I'm fucking exhausted. I'll stop recording. Hold on. One second. I'll cut that part out.
2: For the ones who know safety
0: isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe.